We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for July 3rd, 2011. And we're going to continue now with POD, uh, this study we've been doing regarding this Christian, Christian rock group, POD, which their name stands for Payable on Death. And now we're going to talk about how they're obsessed with a particular symbol that appears on virtually all of their album covers. Um, Pod's albums are gushing with occult symbols. One of the Pod's Pod's logos is the Triquetra symbol. The Triquetra is Latin for the three-cornered and signifies the power of three. Triquetra is a very popular in witchcraft, representing the threefold nature of the witchcraft goddess as virgin, mother, and crone. Like the the life cycle of a witch, in other words. Virgin, mother, crone. As Christianity has been polluted with many pagan symbols, the Triquetra has falsely been adopted by some Christians as symbolizing the Trinity. Well, yes, it is the Trinity. The pagan Trinity. <clears throat> the Aquarian Conspiracy, uh, which is a key New Age handbook, bears the Triquetra symbol on its cover. New Agers freely admit it represents the three interwoven sixes. Six, six, six. That's what the Triquetra symbol is representative of. But see, yeah, there's, there's, there's Christian groups out there that want to claim it as their own. You know, we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to be fighting over symbols that have their roots in witchcraft and trying to Christianize something that's wicked. It's exactly what the Catholic Church did when they started paganizing Christianity back around 400 uh, A.D. in that particular area. And this is where we ended up getting the uh, assimilation of Christmas and Easter and Ishtar, which were pagan holidays overtly, but then they put Christian Christian veneers on them. I've done studies on Easter uh, Christmas, you can look up on contendingfortruth.com on the right-hand side. You know, they're just, they're pagan. Totally pagan. And <clears throat> it reminds me kind of of this particular subject that we're, we're looking at here. So, this wonderful triquetra symbol, which I've seen on many, many uh, churches, some Catholics, some would say they were Christian. There's a school in my area that um, has it on their website. When you go to the... Um, Christian school on their website. It's on the outside of their building. I mean, you know, hey, nothing like having the old stylized 666, you know, as your representation. And Pod has it as their representation as well. On the cover of the, um, well, actually, I'm going a little further uh, than I should. Constance Cumby, author of Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow and notable authority in the New Age movement, says concerning this symbol, on the cover of the Aquarian Conspiracy, which is like the New Age a New Age, New World Order handbook, is it's also referred to as a Mobus. <clears throat> it is really used by them as the triple 666. What, like the Mark of the Beast? Yeah. The emblem on the cover of the New King James Bible, which is the same as Pods, is said to be an ancient symbol of the Trinity. Yeah, it's on the New King James Bible. I, don't, I, I think they might have taken it off there. There's been you know so many people saying they won't buy the Bible, even though it is a false Bible. Uh... It's not just an updated version of the King James, in other words. It's it's not that at all, actually. Uh, totally different underlying text types. 
going further, the old symbol had Gnostic origins, this triquetra symbol, or Mobus. It was more Gnostic than Christian. I was rather alarmed when I noticed the emblem. That's what Constance Cumbie said. The New Age movement, oh, that was actually the source, I'm sorry. So, actually, we give you a picture of the cover of the Aquarian Conspiracy with Marilyn Ferguson. You can see the uh, Mobus symbol, or the triquetra symbol, right on the cover. Uh, Also, the... um, a picture where they break the... They have three pictures of the Triquetra, and then they show you how they get 666 out of it. They're highlighted. The sixes are highlighted. Also, you could go up to any occult witchcraft site and buy Triquetra symbols that you could hang around your neck. I mean, they'll be right there you next to, next to the pentacle, which is just a star, and then the pentagram, which is a five-pointed star with a circle around it. So a pentacle, which is a witchcraft symbol is just a, a five-pointed star, no circle. Still witchcraft, still evil. Okay, A pentagram is a five-pointed star with a circle around it. Now, if, the, uh, if it's pointing up, then that means it would symbolize somebody, a witch that would be practicing Wicca, which is called white witchcraft. The word Wicca means bent or twisted. Okay, And if it's pointing down... That means that the person that's wearing it is a practitioner of black witchcraft. Most of the time you won't see them pointed down. Um, if somebody's wearing them in public, of course, you know, not to say that that wouldn't be the case if you went to like a, who knows, like a rock concert or something like that. Uh, they would be right along side of somebody wearing one of these triple six Mobus uh, triquetra symbols. And the hexagrams too. You know, that's another, that's even, that's probably the most highest symbol of, 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 uh, um, as far as power goes, of any witchcraft symbol used, as we had said from the quote earlier. So, on Todd's website, under the section of frequently asked questions, someone asked about the Trinity symbol. What does the Trinity symbol mean? Now, this is off their website. <clears throat> the symbol is known as the Triquetra, that is derived from the ancient Celtic knotwork, and adopted by Christians around St. Patrick's time as a symbol of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It does not represent that. Okay? Number one. We're going to prove that. The interweave We've already proven it, but the interweaving lines represent one being in three, like three and one, but equal parts. Now, we know already that these guys are devils. Most likely... As we, as the title of the teaching, they're hidden Luciferians, uh, Satanists, whatever. There's just way too many red flags regarding this particular um, group of individuals. Now, there's one problem with symbols representing the Trinity or the Godhead. It is clearly forbidden in the Bible. This is why, you know, I don't have any of this stuff hanging up or representing in, in where I live or in my house or in my car. I don't have any of it. None of it, okay? These types of symbols. Um, Acts 17.29 condemns such symbology. It says, quote, We ought not to think, so we ought not to do this. We ought not to think that the Godhead, and in this case the Trinity, is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art. That's not, if, if that's not a representation of the Triquetra symbol, I don't know what is. Because that's what they say it is. Oh, it's a, it's a representation of essentially the Godhead, the Trinity. 
But we ought not to think that the Godhead is like a gold or silver or stone graven by art, like symbols or icons, etc., and man's device. We're not supposed to do that. Satan does it all the time, but we as Christians are not supposed to do that. The triquetra is used as the centerpiece for the logo of the, for the logo of the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology. The ITP is a New Age school following Jungian, like Carl Jung, uh, psychology, which is just total garbage straight from the pit of hell, totally against the Bible. All this psychology stuff, and um, particularly psychiatry, where they where they um, say, "Okay, here's the solution. You just we need to use these secular techniques." Because you're stressed out or whatever, you have these problems. And their problems primarily are demonic most of the time. And we're going to make that problem better by giving you mind-altering drugs so you can cope with the stress. All the mind-altering drugs are going to do is probably infest you more with devils and demons. They're altering your thought patterns. It is pharmakia. It is the root word for sorcery in the Bible, which is pharmakia. And they're going to open doorways for devils and demons to come in. Just like if you were to snort a line of cocaine or take some heroin or smoke a whole bunch of marijuana. You're opening doorways. That was the reason they developed LSD. You know, people see things like little green men on LSD. I mean, we're talking seriously opening the doorways there. You're actually getting your third eye opened where you can actually see into the spirit world. I mean, I'm not saying that would happen every time, but I'm saying that a lot of people have had that experience. Well... You know, the uh, Jungian uh, psychology by uh, in this guy Carl Jung was an occultist, okay, like Freudian or Jungian or whatever. They're all devils, all devils. And that whole did you know that that psychiatrists have the highest rate of suicide of any medical doctor that there is, and yet they're supposed to be you know the ones that are, are there for the people and, and and to help them get through their problems. Why do they have the highest rate of suicide? <laughs> kind of contradictory, don't you think? You know. Well, anyway, they have adopted the triquetra symbol, an upside-down version of it, as the centerpiece for their logo at the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology. One of their stated goals is, quote, to reach the recognition of divinity within, end of quote. And what did Satan say about that? What was, the, what was the carrot that he put out in front of Eve in order to get her to partake of the uh, tree of the knowledge of good or evil? Well, he said, ye shall be as gods, according to Genesis 3.5. So, you know, that's one of their goals, is to reach the recognition of divinity within. And that's, you know what, that is really the essence of the carrot for the coming new world order, the coming new age movement, the coming transition from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius that they've set out there, we're, they, we're, we're to be as gods. And that's going to be accomplished many, many ways through the occult, through the New Age movement, through implants, through becoming what they call post-human, transhumanism, through vaccinations, which literally alter your DNA, through, through implants, which make you part man and part machine, or part woman and part machine. Uh... There's a host of different ways they're trying to defile us. Just like they were in Genesis 6. When the fallen angels saw the daughters of men, they saw that they were fair, they took them wives, all that they chose, and they these wives bore to them these giants, these Nephilim, the fallen ones. And it defiled the whole earth so bad 
that God had to destroy the earth in a flood. Or, not the earth, but he had to destroy, essentially, all living things with a flood. That were on land. Save eight people in the, in the, in the, uh, the animals on the ark. And the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, that's the days we're living in. So shouldn't we kind of be expecting that? You know, that whole defilement of our DNA, like happened in the uh, the days of Noah? It said, Noah was pure in his generations, essentially. That meant that his DNA had not been corrupted like pretty much everyone else has had by these Nephilim creatures that were on the earth in those days. And that has a lot to do with this whole alien movement and these people getting abducted. And I've done tons of studies on this subject you can reference on contendingfortruth.com. But anyway, you shall be as gods. That's, that's the big, that's the big um, enticement. The same symbol with a circle as, as does Pod also is displayed by the rock group Led Zeppelin. Members of Led Zeppelin are deeply involved in Satanism and the occult. Guitarist Jimmy Page, so consumed with Satanism, actually purchased Satanist Aleister Crowley's mansion on Lake Loch Ness. doesn't get much worse than that. You purchase Aleister Crowley, a self-avowed, um, the self-avowed great beast, 666 on his forehead is how he likes to portray himself, bragged about all the, the, the human sacrifices he made and, and how he would sacrifice little boys and girls and, and do all these unbelievably despicable things to them prior to sacrifice. They bought his house, Led Zeppelin. Hey, they don't have any problem using the triquetra symbol. It was on one of their album covers. You know? Most people believe the symbol is from the teachings of Aleister Crowley and represents 666. One of the most occult television shows ever aired is named Charmed. Charmed details the spells and occultic practices of three witches. The pod symbol is the show's primary symbol of witchcraft and is splattered throughout the series. I give you, and a lot of these things that I'm going over, I, the pictures are right here in the PDF. I'm just failing to mention all the pictures. I'm looking at a, um, from the Charm TV series, and we're looking at a cutaway of, of uh, one of the, uh, you know, like when they run the intro. And it's the Book of Shadows. And right between Book of and Shadows is the triquetra symbol with the circle in the middle, which is how Led Zeppelin and Pod many times will display the triquetra symbol. Okay? So, the Pod symbol is the show's primary symbol of witchcraft and is splattered throughout the series. Also notice the Pod symbol displayed on the Book of Shadows. The Book of Shadows is commonly used in witchcraft and Satanism. The Book of Shadows, also called a grimoire, grimoire, is this journal uh, is kept by either individual witches or Satanists or by a coven or a group. And it records the activities of the group and the incantations used. I mean, hey, it's good to stay organized if you're a witch. I mean, come on. You know, we want to stay organized. We have to have our grimoire so we can keep track of everything. Um, Now, this book is called The Craft. A Witch's Book of Shadows. Okay, now I give you, the pictures are all here of these books that we're talking about. The Witch's Book of Shadows, or Grimoire, is a book of spells, enchantments, and rituals. Includes spells, rituals, and Wicca ethics. Oh, isn't that kind of an oxymoron? Wicca ethics. We'll see, we're good witches. We do good with our magic. It's all from the same source. Which is Satan, essentially. 
when you get into witchcraft. There's no such thing as good and bad, which it's all bad in God's eyes. You know, but this is how they placate their own conscience, saying, well, we're good witches, we do good things. So, I'm looking at this book, it's called The Craft, A Witch's Book of Shadows, and right in the middle, again, we have the Triquetra symbol as the centerpiece of the book cover. Okay, then we have another book called The Craft Companion. Nothing like a good companion guide to your book of shadows. The Craft Companion, A Witch's Journal. Give you the picture of that. By Dorothy Morrison, a high priest of witchcraft. Uh, also having the triquetra symbol as its primary symbol right smack dab center in the middle of this book. Now, it's kind of funny when you, you get this word, the craft, and how it's synonymous, it's seemingly synonymous with this triquetra symbol, interlock 666, the pagan trinity, the virgin, the mother, and the crone. Daniel 8.23-25 says, and this is speaking of the Antichrist, okay, regarding the times we're moving into, And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. I believe that is in reference to his profound, he is going to be an adept witchcraft practitioner. I mean, let's face it. You look at the false prophet in the Antichrist. What is going to be the primary ways whereby which they deceive the whole world? Lying, signs, and wonders, and miracles. That's going to be the way it's done. Primarily. Not the only, but primarily. Calling fire down from heaven, making the image speak, you know, these types of things. Okay? So, in order to be a high-level adept at witchcraft, you're going to have to understand dark sentences, meaning he's going to understand things in the witchcraft realm that other people don't have a clue about. He's, the, the false prophet and the antichrist are going to be probably the highest level witchcraft practitioners that the world has ever known. This is why I have a teaching entitled Witchcraft, the Emerging One World Religion. Because witchcraft is going to be the essence of the coming one world religion. Almost all false religions outside of Bible-believing Christianity practice witchcraft in some way, shape, or form, at some level. The Catholic Church is no exception. Okay, There's all kind of witchcraft practitioner, uh, things that go on within the Catholic Church that I have documented in numerous other teachings that I've done on the Catholic Church. Okay, There's a lot of, of stuff in the realm of witchcraft that goes on, I believe, in the Pentecostal Church as well. Um... You could go on and on and on. Okay, but I give you the link to that teaching. All the teachings I've done on witchcraft, right here, it's going to be on about page 8 of this 22, 23-page PDF. And my teachings I've done on witchcraft, where we kind of delve into different subjects. Witchcraft, the emerging one-world religion. The next one is witchcraft practices biblically exposed and defined. The next one is the deceptive allure of witchcraft, New Age and near-death experiences. So if you want to know about that, this whole near-death experiences thing. Oh, I saw the white light. It was so beautiful. And the guy wasn't saved. Well, I explained that in there. And then biblically exposing and fighting New Age witchcraft. And then World War III Israel and Kabbalistic witchcraft. Then massacre of innocents, the occult roots of abortion. Because the abortion industry is nothing really more than witchcraft. It is... It is, they refer to it as holy ritual child sacrifice. The people that own the abortion clinics many, many times are high-level occultists viewing 
the babies that are being slaughtered in the abortion clinics as sacrifices to their given deity, whether they call it Artemis or Lilith or Moloch or whatever. That's how they view it. So I'll give you that link to that teaching. And then, the one I mentioned earlier, pharmacia, sorcery, pharmaceuticals, and the roots of the modern-day drug industry. So I'll give you that one. Because, see, these are all different aspects of witchcraft. Not to say it's totally exhaustive, but we cover some pretty broad topics. And then, the last one that relates to this is J.R. Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, The Inklings, Narnia, and The Golden Dawn. Okay, I've done another dedicated teaching on C.S. Lewis as well. And all how witchcraft figures into that. So... Um, let's go back to this verse. Daniel 8.23, regarding the Antichrist, and in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. This is the Antichrist. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. Well, whose power? Well, Satan working through him. And he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and holy people. I believe what they're, what he's going to do, practice what? Football? Baseball? No, I believe he's going to be a high-level practitioner of witchcraft. He's going to practice. He's going to practice the craft. Okay, remember that book we just talked about? It said the craft. That is how witches refer to witchcraft. They call it the craft. That whole book, um, that Charmed series, you know, they would refer to um, you know, witchcraft is the craft. Well, let's read the last verse, Daniel 8.25. And through his policy, meaning the Antichrist, he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. And he shall magnify himself in his heart. And by peace shall destroy many. Remember, he's going to come as a man of peace. He's going to probably be the one on the heels and out of the ashes of World War III, which is could happen, you know, pretty much any time in the Middle East. He's going to be the one that steps up to the plate and says, hey, he's going to be the one that gets the Jews and the rest of the world kind of all on the same page. You know, figure this whole thing out. Why can't we just play nice? He's going to come across as the greatest guy. You know, hey, wow, somebody that actually has got it all figured out. He can even bring peace to the Jews and the Arabs. Or the, or the Muslims, I should say. By peace he shall destroy many. It's just the trap, is what he's doing. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but shall be broken without hand. He's going to stand up. The prince of princes is Jesus Christ. But he's going to be broken. He's going to be crushed. In the end. But it says, he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. And he shall be magnified. See, the, I believe the coming essence of the coming one world religion is witchcraft. And there's going to be no lot more of a high level practitioner than the Antichrist and the false prophet. So, going further, the book Blood on the Doorpost by former Satanist Bill and Sharon Schneblin also documents the trio of sixes, um, uh, or this triquetra symbol, and says a disguised interlocked trio of sixes is symbolic of the Antichrist. Well, think about it. I mean, that makes sense. Because isn't 666 going to be the essence of the mark of the beast? Yeah, we're going to read that verse coming up here. So, if it was an interlocked 3666, wouldn't that, I mean, kind of almost by default be symbolic of Antichrist? Sure. He also says, um, 
Oh, and, and then he goes on to say, and also symbolizes the triple goddess of Wicca, commonly used in Catholic liturgical iconography, and has recently found its way into the logo. Now, that Catholic liturgical iconography, hmm, remember that. Because that, this, this triquetra symbol is all over all their stuff, all over their album covers and all kind of stuff. And yet it is also represented many times with Catholic churches. Remember that point when we get to the actual guy later that has actually designed Pod's album covers. See, what are we trying to do? We're trying to, we're trying to prove to you that there are hidden Luciferians in Christian culture. So what we're doing right now is, is we're pleading our case to you regarding this whole matter. And so that's why I said, remember that for, you know, when we get into this near the end. Um, and as, it has also recently found its way onto the logo of the New King James Bible. Dr. Kathy Burns, probably the world's leading authority on occult symbols, writes in her book, Masonic and Occult Symbols Illustrated, concerning the pod symbol. Quote, Marilyn Ferguson, a New Ager, used the symbol of the Triquitra on her book, The Aquarian Conspiracy. This is a variation for the number 666. Other books and material have a similar design printed on them, such as books from David Spangler, the person who lauds Lucifer, and the witch's grimoire. As most people know, the number 666 is the number of the beast, Revelation uh, 13, 18, and is evil. Yet the occultists and New Agers love this number and consider it sacred. Well, let's just read that portion of scripture. Revelation 13, 16 through 18 says, And he, meaning the Antichrist, causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Uh, now, the King James is the only one that renders it in their foreheads or in their right hand. The other ones say on. So a lot of people reading these other Bible versions would think, well, it's just a tattoo of 666 on the hand. No, 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 no. It's actually in the hand. Now that would make sense if it was a implantable chip because um, the next verse is why I say that. And that no man might buy or sell save that he have the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So if you can't buy or sell, how could it just be a tattoo? You know, unless that tattoo can actually change. I mean, it's going to have to be something like a microchip that can actually be, has a little brain in it, that if you have, let's say, a thousand bucks in your bank account, it knows how much money you got in your bank account and you want to go buy or sell something, you know, it's automatically either crediting or debiting your bank account. Through the mark, through swiping your hand across whatever bar uh, mark implantable readers that they'll have at that time, so that you won't be able to buy or sell without it. Okay, if it was just a plain tattoo, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. It was just that alone, because I don't understand how they could actually incorporate that. But if it was in the hand, I believe it's going to be a combination of some type of literal mark on the hand with an implantable microchip of some type underneath the actual mark itself. That way, the people that have taken the mark of the beast will be easily identifiable, and they'll also be able to transact and buy or sell via the implantable microchip. And that's what I get into. I've done a couple teachings on the mark of the beast. That you can just go up there and key in mark in the search box, or mark in beast on the uh, continuefortruth.com website, and you'll find those. So, 
Next verse. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. And his number is 603 score and 6, which is 666. Okay? Which is essentially what this triquetra symbol is. I'm not saying the triquetra symbol is going to be the mark of the beast. Um, but it is what that symbol totally symbolizes. Now, here we're looking at, well, let me, let me just go a little further and then we'll go, go to the next point. Many organizations such as the World Future Society and the Trilateral Commission also incorporate the triquetra symbol into their logo. So, I mean, you've got all these really high-level, wicked, evil organizations incorporating it into their logo. And then you've got supposedly Christian organizations incorporating it into their logos. Why would you want to be associated with that? You know, why, why would you want to, want to appear on the same level? Oh, yeah, they've they got the same symbol as this wicked, evil occult group. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I saw a witch walk around the other day with a triquetra symbol. And you think it's Christian? Huh, I think you might be deluded. You know, you want to abstain from all appearance of evil? Okay, here's the the next album cover from Pod. I, I got a, um, I went up on the internet, I, I searched for a, because they had a real small, tiny one in the original article, and I searched for a big one that was blown up, and I've got it in here. And we're talking some really, really, really serious evil stuff on this album cover. There's triquetra symbols, if you look at the back wall, all over the back wall, they're interlocking circles with triquetra symbols in them. You've got a dove. There's this Hindu yogi guy meditating and levitating on a cloud over some type of rug. The bottom half of him is in a lotus position, like the yogis are. And then he's got this, um, his chest is split open, and you can see inside, and he's got this heart, like the Catholic, sacred heart, where it's got like the sunbeams coming out of the heart, with a cross on top of it, very, very Catholic looking, very, very Hindu looking, lotus position, yogi. Then he's also flashing the cornudo sign, with his left hand. Now, Satanism is considered the left hand path. Okay, Cornudo sign meaning hail Satan. Okay, and a lot of people say, well, it was, it was, that means the, I love you, that sign in sign language. Did you know Helen, Helen Keller was a high level occultist and she was the one that developed that? And I did a whole study on the Cornudo, Cornuto sign and um, we go, do an in depth look at Helen Keller as well. So I don't think I, whether, whether the thumb's in or whether it's out, it's hail Satan. Okay, and if you don't believe that, then you can go listen to my study, where I make, a, I believe, a pretty good case. And then on the right side of him, um, there's this rope going to his neck. And on the rope, it looks like there's a, a little angel, a little, I think, bare-butt angel. It's so small, I can't hardly see it. But it's like this naked angel that's like real tiny, um, on, like near this rope that's going up to his neck that this butler guy on the side is holding, whose head is, like, split open, and his arms and It's so weird and cryptic and weird and morbid. It's hard to describe you. But there's two of these little winged, naked, cherub-like angels that are flying around here. And there's no Bible for that either. Okay, these cherub-like, 
little that's that's evil. Okay, that's not how angels are depicted in the Bible. They're, it's not how they're ever depicted. Okay, and I did a, a whole study on female angels with wings, and it is mentioned in the Bible one time, and it's not mentioned in a good way. So these people that have female angels with wings in their house, or even even male angels with wings, I don't believe you should have that stuff in your house. Or thinking that it's a good thing. Are we supposed to worship angels? We're not supposed to worship angels. Okay, are we supposed to elevate, have the special place for angels and have depictions of them all over our walls? I don't see any Bible for it. I don't see any. And I believe that you need to err on the side of safety and get rid of that stuff. My mom was obsessed with that kind of stuff. And she was as unsaved as they came. Up until, you know, she got saved right before she died. But she was obsessed with that type of stuff. That did not offend her. These angels with wings that they always depict and sell and little things like that. I believe you're bringing a cursed object in your house. And this is very much how these angels are are depicted in this particular picture. And I give you a real nice, big, blown-up view. And the coup de grace is the guy, this yogi-like thing, he looks like in the lotus position, levitating on a cloud, has a dove with a triquetra symbol, like a piece of jewelry, triquetra symbol, and she's flying right over his head, which is just hollow on the top, and the dove is getting ready to drop the triquetra symbol into his head. So the, the number of the beast, the triple wicked goddess symbol, the dove is just getting ready to dump into his head. I mean, this couldn't be much more wicked this album cover. But, you know, you'd expect nothing less from good old Pod. So, I give you that. I also found this shirt they're selling, which is incredibly blasphemous, and it has the Rastafarian Jesus. A Jesus with black hair dreadlocks, okay, that looks like a Rastafarian, with the whole, and it says Pod. Jesus has literally, like, got this thing that says Pod, on the bottom of him, they're the Rasta Jaw Jesus, you know, we talked about earlier. And it's got the old sacred heart with the sunbeams out of it, very, very Catholic looking. And they, they sell this blasphemous clothing and most likely artwork on their uh, their websites. Uh, the cover of Pod's platinum selling selling album, The Fundamental Elements of Southtown, is covered with occult symbols. Notice the man sitting in the occult lotus position. The occult initiate believes the lotus position connects to the spiritual transcendence of oneness with God. Harper's Encyclopedia of Mystical and Paranormal Experience writes of the lotus position that the most common sitting posture used in yoga and other forms of meditation, the the position facilitates the flow of of the universal life force through the top of the head into the chakras. That's the posi- that's what they've got right in the smack dab in the center of their this album cover. Pod clearly understands the spiritual significance of the lotus position, as the man is actually levitating on a cloud. Of course, the practice of levitation is well known is a well known occult practice. Um, Harper's Encyclopedia of Mystical and Paranormal Experience writes levitations are said to occur in mediumship, like a medium, a witch or a shamanistic trance, like a shaman going into a trance who would levitate, or a mystical rapture in trance. Magic, bewitchment, hauntings, and possession. And they've got it right on their cover. No problem for Pod, though, or their followers. 
The Dictionary of Cults, Sex, Religions, and the Occult classifies levitation as, quote, occult, spiritual, spiritualism, and voodoo. I mean, they're calling it that. And this is a Dictionary of Cults, Sex, and Religions of the Occult. They classify levitation as occult, and spiritualism, and voodoo. And again, this is all referenced. I'm not reading you all the references. There are many other occult images on the cover of the fundamental elements of Southtown album, including the man clearly displaying the Cornudo symbol um, on his left hand. And I give you my... Well, here, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Um, in fact, because of the blatant occult influences covering the fundamental elements of Southtown album, many Christian bookstores totally ban the album. Oh, wow, they're really taking a stance for Jesus Christ there. I mean, I'm glad they did it, but come on. I went into one of them recently, and I mean, they have their own little... I love it when you go in there and they have their own little Catholic section on all the little Catholic cursed objects that you can buy to be a good Catholic. I mean, that's just one. I mean, all the false Bible versions, all the Christian rock, all the garbage. I mean, it's an abomination for the most part. Not every single thing in a Christian bookstore is, but a lot of it is. Now, what I did here is I gave you a link to my teaching entitled The Cornudo Hand Sign, El Diablo, Devil's Horns, Diabolicus, Hook'em Horns, and I Love You, the, the sign. Okay, is it I Love You? Okay. The Mano Cornudo, and I'm reading you the description from this teaching. The Mano Cornuto, or the horn hand, is the ancient symbol used to protect against the evil eye. In Italian, mano means hand and corno means horn. This symbol also represents the horn god of the witches, also called Cornudo and Diabolicus. The employment by the elite of the hand sign as the horn devil can actually be tracked all the way back to Babylon. On the Great Wall of Babylon, adjacent, adjacent, adjacent to Ishtar's gate, which is where we get the word Easter from, Ishtar, who is the fertility goddess, and this is why Easter has the bunny rabbit, the fastest procreated mammal, um, and Eggs, symbol of fertility, you know, just two things there alone. Okay, anyway. On the Great Wall of Babylon, adjacent to Ishtar's gate, was the mosaic image of a horned bull representing the sun god. The horns were symbolic of the Babylonian god's power over the hearts of men. Later, in Imperial Rome, Caesar's military legions and millions of common people worshipped the sun god Mithras. Mithraic initiates were baptized in the blood of a horned bull, slain and sacrificed by the temple priests. The Knights Templar, predecessor of today's Scottish Rite Freemasons, worshipped the grotesque horned god goat Baphomet, otherwise known as the Goat of Mendez. And that's what that Cornuto sign means. You know, where you, where you extend the index finger and the pinky. They all, you see them doing rock concerts, you see Texas fans, Texas University Hook'em horns, however they call it. You see them doing it in Hollywood. You see politicians doing it. You know. It's the sign of the horned goat god Baphomet, essentially. It means Hail Satan. It is believed that many Illuminists continue to sacrifice to this unspeakable deity to this very day. Reportedly, the Illuminati take great delight in seeing the masses adopt their ancient symbol of satanic worship on such a vast scale. They love it. Can you imagine? You got a stadium with almost a hundred thousand people in there watching a Texas Texas A&M college football game, and they got all you know the hook'em horns, and they're doing their cornudo signs. It's like a mass witchcraft ceremony. 
And there's a lot of other, I think, teams that potentially kind of adopted that symbol. We also explore the occultist Helen Keller's role in the development. She was an occultist. Okay? Her role on the development of the modern-day hand sign symbol for the deaf and how this relates to the Cornuto sign. I don't believe she was innocent either. If the Christian bookstores were shocked by the occult symbols decorating the fundamental elements of Southtown, which is the album I just went over, the cover, the occult artistry of Pod in the 2000 release, Payable on Death, should and did send them into a spiritual cardiac arrest. This is another album cover from them. In over 25 years of research in occult influences in rock music, Pod's album, Payable on Death artwork, is clearly among the most openly occult and dark uh, that I've ever seen. Now, this is the guy writing the article. The fact that Pod plastered such artwork through their CD insert unmistakably reveals a very serious condition, spiritual condition. Ah, you know what? These guys are just Satanists, I believe. Uh, and that's, you know... They're, they're not even being hardly subtle about it. You know? Michael W. Smith, on a lot of stuff we looked at, it didn't seem like he was being real subtle either. But these guys are just flagrant. I mean, they're right out there, right in your face with it. You know? And it's like Satan getting in your face with it. Saying, here, <laughs> I'm right here, I'm showing you everything, I'm showing you all my cards, and you don't have enough discernment to figure it out. Because... You're being destroyed for lack of knowledge. People that would think that this is a Christian band just because they say they're Christian. It's, it's, it's irrelevant. They're not Christian. By their fruits you shall know them. Pod is overtly an overtly evil band that Christian young people should avoid at all costs. Young person, please pay careful attention and prayerful attention to what you're about to read. Also, the following analysis may appear lengthy and comprehensive, but the truth is comparable to the amount of occult images found in its brief. Now, again, this isn't just about Pod. This is about a lot of other bands or Christian ministries that might also adopt these symbols. I mean, the Triquetra symbol alone is very prevalent in Christian circles. So, this isn't just about exposing Pod. It's about a lot bigger picture where we may be being destroyed for lack of knowledge on different levels and not even be aware of it. So now, the next album cover that they were referencing, which is they were total, totally in shock about, um, is this um, Payable on Death album, Pod, which is what their name stands for. And um, on the album cover, and I give you a picture here, it displays a semi-nude woman with her arms crossed, covering her bare breasts, wearing a crown with the wings of a butterfly. The winged lady butterfly is the mystic fairy. I mean, it is a fairy. You can tell that. Okay, Fairies have a long and winding history in witchcraft and the occult. The woman's dictionary of symbols and sacred objects describes the fairy as a, quote, tiny female spirit with butterfly wings. Now, this is a, this is a woman's dictionary of symbols and sacred objects. Okay, it's a witchcraft type of manual. It flat out says a fairy is a tiny female spirit with Butterfly wings. Um, page 246. The fairy is depicted as a queen with a crown. It goes on then to say the fairies were originally the souls of the pagan dead. i got to believe it's probably more like the souls of uh, the disembodied Nephilim from the flood, most likely. And or from when the giants were actually killed when they went into the promised land and cleaned house uh, by the power of God when the uh, Jews went into the Promised Land. 
Because remember, the Bible says in Genesis 6, it says there were giants in the earth in those days, the days of Noah. And then it says, and also after that. So, I believe more angels fell after the flood as well. The Bible doesn't say that, but it infers it. Why? Because in Jude it says that those angels that left their first estate are chained um, basically in the earth until this day, until the day of the great judgment. So the angels that fell in Noah's day were chained under the earth until the day of judgment. Well, if they're chained in the earth, how could they be the same ones that procreated with women after Genesis 6 and were then appeared in the, in the uh, promised land? As like kind of as an obstacle by Satan, so that they would be intimidated to go in. And the first group of Israelites were intimidated, and they wandered in the desert for forty years until they all died. And then the next generation had the faith to believe they could go in there and defeat them. I believe more angels had to have fallen at some point in order to procreate, because those other angels were chained. Now maybe I'm wrong, but it seems to me the only plausible uh, thing that could have happened. Anyway, that's just a theory, but. Uh, process of elimination theory, you know. Anyway, so, fairies are tiny, according to witchcraft dictionaries, fairies are tiny female spirits with butterfly wings. The fairies depicted as a queen with a crown. Fairies were originally supposedly the souls of the pagan dead. No, no, no. The souls of the pagan dead are in hell, burning. Until they're going to be cast into the lake of fire, according to the Bible. Okay, we don't just get to come up if we're a bad person and haunt things. Oh, it's dear Uncle Jed. He he had unfinished business in this life, so he's haunting that house. No, what it is, is it's a, it's a familiar spirit that was familiar with Uncle Jed and maybe manifests himself as looking like Uncle Jed. And maybe even in seances communicates with the same voice inflections as Uncle Ed or Ned or whatever I said. Oh, I just rhymed, sorry. But it's a familiar spirit. That's all it is. Most likely a disembodied Nephilim. Or fallen angel. And in several folk ballads, the queen, the fairy queen, is addressed as the queen of heaven. Oh, imagine that. Hmm. Isn't that funny? Jeremiah 7, I believe, or 11 or 14. forget which one. One of the times where you will see in the Bible where God says not to pray for a particular group of people. Very rarely will you see that. They were making cakes to the Queen of Heaven. They were also sacrificing their children. And it got to a point where, and they thought that they were so holy. They thought that they were good and they were, they were doing God's will. It even says that in those portions of scriptures. And God finally gets to a point where he's warned them over and over and over again, where, and he finally says, do not pray for such a people. I will not hear your prayer for them anymore. In other words, they've crossed the line. Where that line is, that's between them and God. But God's not going to hear the prayer. They're not going to change. They're going to just keep doing what they're doing. doesn't matter how much you pray regarding that particular situation. The Bible also talks about that in 1 John 5 as well. But that's a whole other subject. Anyway, um... <clears throat> Several folk ballads, the, which talk about the Queen of Heaven, is addressed as the Queen of Heaven. Uh, da, da, da. The Fairy Queen is addressed as the Queen of Heaven. Christian sources depicted fairies as real people, almost synonymous with witches. 
So, on the cover of their album, you're looking at the exact depiction of what was just described here in the exact depiction on the album cover as a fairy. You've got a tiny woman, bare-breasted, arms covering the breasts, crown on her head, and wings. It's a fairy on the cover of their Payable on Death album. The Guide to Occult and Mysticism writes of fairies. According to theory, fairies are either earthbound, unbaptized souls. Oh, give me a break. Guardians of the souls of the dead. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Ghosts of venerated ancestors. Fallen angels. Hmm. Condemned to remain on earth. Nature spirits or small human beings. They are said to have magical powers and to consort with witches and other humans with supernatural powers. So, you know, if you call yourself a Christian rock band, I can understand why you would want a picture of a fairy on your album cover. Makes perfect sense to me. I mean, it's totally associated with witchcraft and consulting with familiar spirits and all, all manner of evil. And as a Christian, you want to portray that image right. I mean, come on. Again, why can't we just all lighten up a little? Um... So obviously, you know, I'm being sarcastic here. The popular occult field guide titled A Field to Demons, Fairies, Fallen Angels, and Other Subversive Spirits uh, readily links demons and fallen angels with fairies. Fairies also represent the disembodied spirits of Halloween. Another occult, one of the most highest occult holidays of them all. I've done a study on that as well. Uh, So, They represent the disembodied spirits of Halloween, and Christians knew them to be demons. The Woman's Dictionary of Symbols and Sacred Objects says, In Ireland, all the Sith, or fairy hills, as they're called, or grave mounds, were said to be open on the occasion of Halloween. Folks insisted that it was impossible to keep the fairies underground on Halloween. Since the fairies were simply pagan spirits, the church naturally insisted that demons were abroad on Halloween. The way I've heard it described is that Halloween, the veil between the spirit worlds are at their thinnest. And this is when a lot of these evil spirits come out and will manifest themselves. And I did a whole study on Halloween, so I really don't want to go into that any further, because that's a huge can of worms that I, I hopefully thoroughly addressed in that study. The popular Encyclopedia of Occultism by Lewis Spence connects fairies to the devil, and says fairies says of fairies that they, quote, steal human children and leave in their places fairy changelings. Fairy changelings? Yeah. Well, anyway, that's what they, that's one of their uh, things they like to do. Dr. Kurt Coe, probably the greatest authority on demonism, according to this guy, writes of fairies in uh, the occult ABC, if a person wants their fairies help, he must apply to their chief, the devil himself. This, however, would cost a person his salvation. The idea that these spirits, fairies, are demonic is in accordance with the Bible. That was his quote. According to the Encyclopedia of Witches and Witchcraft, fairies are fallen angels. Hmm. It goes on to describe fairies as, quote, some fairies were said to suck human blood like vampires. Nasty little things. You know, but they're so innocent looking. Well, they're pretty nasty. Many contemporary witches believe in fairies and some see them clairvoyantly. Some witches say their craft, remember how I said that's how they refer to it as? Their craft, meaning witchcraft, was passed down from the fairies. 
And of course, and all of these things that I'm reading you are referenced from occult sources. This is what they say about fairies. Not like they're trying to paint them in this wonderful veneer. This is flat out what they are. Uh, let's see here. Fairies come from the underground of hell. Even better. Fairies are generally believed to live as a nation in an underground location. Another enlightening artistic addition to the Payable on Death album is Pod's personal occult symbols. Personal symbols are a common practice in the occult. Um, Harper's Encyclopedia of Mystical and Paranormal Experience says symbols are important to all esoteric teachings, for they contain the secret wisdom accessible only to the initiated. Now, what what does that mean? Personal occult symbols. Okay, well, for instance, they have here Led Zeppelin. Every member of Led Zeppelin had their own personal occult symbol. It would almost be like a representation of you, who you are. Like, Jimmy Page had this particular symbol I'm looking at. It says Zoso, and it's this stylized Z with... And then the guy, um, uh, Jones, on Led Zeppelin, had the triquetra symbol with a circle in it. Okay? The other guy, Bonham who is a guy for Led Zeppelin, has the triquetra symbol, but the, it's three circles interlocking, making the triquetra symbol. See how obsessed they were with this symbol? And they were flat out Satanists. And then Robert Plant has his own symbol. And I, they show you the symbols here. Well, Pod also has their own symbols for each member of their band. Okay? Um, and I give you the album cover where this um, where these symbols are actually used. And it shows Mr. Rasta, I, two of the guys are in Rasta dreads, um, which again is symbolic of the Rastafarian religion. And they've got just covered in tattoos. I mean, you can't, I mean, their arms are, are covered, they're wearing short sleeve shirts, but from what you can see, it, it's just pure tattoos from the arms down. Uh, and then they've got their four occult, wicked devil occult symbols, and each one of them represents the different a different guy in the band. Okay, we're going to get back to that in a, in a second. I just wanted to let you know that picture is here, and you can look at that. Um, but these are personal occult symbols, is what they're referred to. Like Pa, the occult-soaked rock group Led Zeppelin also introduced personal occult symbols on... One of their albums, guitarist Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin is a devout follower of Satan and self-proclaimed the B666, Aleister Crowley. He follows Aleister Crowley. In 1971, guitarist Jimmy Page brought, bought Cowley's Bolskeen house on the shore of Lake Loch Ness, where they have a Loch Ness monster. I wonder if they went out there and fed Nessie. Here, Nessie. You know, throw kind of strips of meat out there or something. I don't know. It's just thought. Anyway, um... You know who Nessie is, right? She's the Loch Ness Monster. Whatever. Okay, anyway. Um, going further, they bought his house on Lake Nos- Loch Ness, where Aleister Crowley practiced his hellish, satanic, sex, ritual, magic rituals, inclu- including human sacrifice. Guitarist Jimmy Page actually performed Crowley's magical rituals during concerts. Their song, Stairway to Heaven, which I think is the number one rock song of all, all time, carries the reference to the May Queen, which is the name of the hideous poem by Crowley. Page had inscribed in the vinyl of their album, Led Zeppelin III, 
Crowley's famous, do what thou will, so meet it be, meaning do what thou will would be the whole of the law, which is a, which is a philosophy that many, 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 many rock groups have adopted on, as their motto, Aleister Crowley, because many, many rock groups were obsessed and still are obsessed with Aleister Crowley's teachings. He wrote many high-level witchcraft manuals. And do what thou will, meaning do whatever you want to do, as long as it feels good, do it, will be the whole of the law. Meaning there will be no law. Whatever you feel like you want to do, do it. Now, could you imagine if you just had a society like that? You would have pure, total lawlessness, which is a description of, the spirit of lawlessness, you know, the Bible talks about, that's going to basically be unleashed in the end times. That's what we're moving more toward. And so, that's why I, I think, you know, they were, obviously, they were so obsessed with that phrase. Page and Robert Plant claim some of Zeppelin's songs came via occult automatic handwriting, including their popular Stairway to Heaven. Um... Stephen Davis in The Hammer of the Gods, I guess it was a book, details the occult inspiration of Stairway to Heaven. Robert described the automatic nature of the lyric. I was just sitting there with Pagey, meaning Robert Page, in front of me at a fire at Headley Grange. Pagey had written the chords and played them for me. I was holding a paper and pencil, and for some reason, I was in a very bad mood. Then all of a sudden, my hand was writing out words. And the the handwriting started, there's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold and she's buying a stairway to heaven. And then he goes on to say, I just sat there and looked at the words and almost and almost leaped out of my seat. That's a direct quote from them. Okay, so that's automatic handwriting. It's when the devil or demon comes into you and literally takes over your hand and you just start. And this is how many of these rock songs are written. Okay, they're given in that automatic writing style. Uh, he... Robert Plant often remarked that he could feel his pen being pushed by some higher authority. Actually, lower authority, pretty much. Low from the pit of hell. Um, There is no doubt to the occult influence of Led Zeppelin. For a very thorough, extensively documented history of Led Zeppelin's occult inspiration, read the 648-page book titled Fallen Angel, The Untold Story of Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin by Thomas Friend. Okay, so that's a really good book if you want to know more about that particular subject. Zeppelin's, quote, personal symbols were etched in occult images. For instance, Zoso was Jimmy Page's personal symbol, and according to Stephen Davis in The Hammer of the Gods, it was a stylized 666, much like the Triquetra symbol that the other two guys in his band had. You see how obsessed they are with the number of the beast? I mean, if they were alive when the Mark of the Beast came out, they'd be, they'd be the first ones lining up to get it. Like Led Zeppelin, Pod's personal symbols, which we which is listed here in the study, not only do I give you the picture where they put it on their album cover, but they're literally listed here. Pod's personal symbols are also etched in occult imagery. I asked Dr. Kathy Burns, author of several exhaustive books on the occult symbols and a recognized authority on symbology, to evaluate Pod's personal occult symbols. Along with several pages of detailed documentation linking Pod's symbol to the occult, Dr. Burns stated that their symbols looked wicked and occultic. Um, and I'm looking at them, and they look they look to me way more wicked than Led Zeppelin symbols. I mean, they just look evil. And each one of them is for a different guy in the band. Love, 
Sonny, Trey, and Jason. Those are the four guys in pod, and they've each got their own little double symbol. On pod CD liner is also the familiar eye of the eye in the palm. It's a palm with an eyeball in the middle, like the all-knowing eye of Horus or Lucifer. Yeah, they got that right on the on the palm. Um, this wicked, wicked symbol on one of their CD liners, basically like an album cover. This is a widely known occult symbol of divination and palmistry, like when you read the palm, like an occultist. Okay, many fortune tellers and palm readers display the eye in the palm, that's the, what it's called, advertising their occult practice. Dr. Kathy Burns writes of the eye in the palm, quote, when the eyes are situated in the hand by, for example, by association with symbolism of the hand, they come to denote clairvoyant action or divination. And they've got this as one of their... I mean, hopefully by now you're convinced these guys are just Satanists. Or at bare minimum, highly involved in the occult. Why would they put all this stuff on their albums? I mean, this is, an, this is not innocent. This is predetermined. And it's over and over and over again. Just like Michael W. Smith's album covers. And just like these things that he lets go on in this rock town uh, place that he owns. You know, it's, it's just not innocent. Uh, the Woman's Dictionary of Symbols and Sacred Objects says the entire field of palmistry, palm reaming, is summed up in this symbol, which is the eye in the palm, implying that insight is to be found in the palm of the hand. Pod's eye in the hand also contains several occult astrology symbols. The Latin word luna, which is for moon, and Pod's personal symbols as well. It's also very revealing that the Pod eye in the hand is the left hand, and in case you don't know, Satanism is commonly referred to as the left-hand path. The Dictionary of Cults, Sex, Religions, and Occult writes, quote, the left-hand path is a term used in the occult circles, which is synonymous with evil. In the Bible, the goats, the wicked, go to the left hand of God to be separated for judgment, while the sheep or the righteous go to the right hand to be saved. There is a bizarre occurrence of this cursed, also of this cursed number 13 in this um, palm of the hand uh, album cover. The number 13 is a major player in the occult death and Satanism. Throughout the Bible, the number 13 is plainly connected to Satan and rebellion. Ad Valo writes in Biblical Mathematics, the number 13 is associated with depravity and rebellion. The number is usually associated with evil. N.W. Hutchings says that the number 13, says of the number 13, 13 is one of the most interesting of all numbers. It is clearly associated with rebellion. Satan himself is represented by the number 13. The prestigious Dictionary of Symbolism documents the devil as the number 13. The devil has believed to accompany a coven of 12 witches as the 13th member. So in other words, a coven of witches is typically 13, but they like to... um, Satan likes to fancy himself as the 13th member. According to the Jewish Kabbalist, the number 13 represents the snake, the dragon, or Satan. The book Satan Wants You, The Cult of Devil Worship in America, that's the name of the book, Satan Wants You, The Cult of Devil Worship in America, links the number 13 with Satan and says it is symbolic of death or the unknown. Now, I'm looking right now, uh, well, the number 13 is the satanic tarot card of death. So you have a skeleton with a sickle, 
on the number 13 tarot card, and it's the death card. You know, not exactly a great endorsement. The, no, the number 13 um, is on the bottom left, I believe, of this album sleeve, and the Roman numeral for 13 is at the top. So, uh, it's unbelievable what these guys have on their on their covers, on, the, on their albums. I mean, Michael W. Smith was real super subtle compared to this. <laughs> these guys are just flagrantly out there. So, let's go further here. Uh, not surprising that the 13th chapter of Revelation describes the Antichrist. Yeah, I guess that would make a lot of sense there. Uh, going further, the most frightening symbol on Pod CD liner is the subtle Genesis 3-1 reference display on the popular hand gesture known as the horn hand or the satanic salute, which now they've got, on this particular album cover we're looking at, we've got a hand that's coming out like from like the side and it's it's clearly a cornuto i mean the other one you could say oh it's an i love you sign well this is clearly a cornuto sign if you didn't believe the other one um this one is the thumb is in and it's a cornuto sign with a hand and in the middle of where like the fingers are clenched in the middle there's i believe a little snake being held in the hand this is why they say it's a subtle Genesis 3-1 display. Uh, also a left-hand Cornuto sign, which is basically the Satanic Salute, or Hail Satan. Technically known, um, uh, the book Satanism in America writes, the horn hand sign is the sign of a recognition between those who are in a cult. So in other words, it's a way that occultists can communicate with one another of what ilk they, they are. Okay? The satanic salute goes back many years and according to the Women's Dictionary of Symbols and Sacred Objects is an appeal to the devil. That quote, an appeal to the devil. In antiquity, it must have represented an appeal to the horn god. Then in the Middle Ages, an appeal to the devil. Satanist Anton LaVey is shown forming the cornuto on the back of the satanic Bible. The horn hand is also flashed during the satanic black mass. And it's no accident nor coincidence it appears on pod cd liner a careful look at the salute in pods album clearly reveals the deliberate intention of forming the satanic salute nobody naturally holds a rope or a root with their hand in the satanic salute position it's it i guess it's a little rope it kind of looked like a snake to me which maybe that's what it's representative of i don't know uh it is also worth mentioning the hand is also in the left hand and then we give you some pictures of anton Levey. Basically, was the one that formed the first Church of Satan. Um, he also wrote the Satanic Bible. He formed the first Church of Satan on May 1st, which was Beltane, High Satanic Holiday, 1966. Wrote the Satanic Bible, I believe, in 1969. Uh, an, an evil dude. And I, we actually give you the picture of him on the back of the Satanic Bible, making the Cornuto, Cornuto sign. Um, also a picture of two guys in a black mass making the satanic salute to an upside-down pentagram, and then also then the picture of Pod's album where you see this Cornuto sign literally on the album as the centerpiece of it, a Cornuto sign. Uh, there's so much occult imagery on Pod's CD, I could go on and on and on. For instance, there's a constant death theme as well. Throughout the Pod album is an unhealthy preoccupation with death. The CD liner picture on the left is a skull, this is a different one, a skull 
with the death number 1313 on the forehead. Dr. Burns writes of the skull, it is prominent in witchcraft and demon worship as a celebration of death. Even Pod's name stands for payable on death. Pod claims the name signifies that at death a Christian cashes in. Yeah, that's 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 a real Christian way to talk about death. Yeah, he cashed it in. You know, that would remind me of something my dad would have said. You know, like when you know his unsaved state that he was in for the vast majority of his life. It just reminds me of something really irreverent how an unsaved person would refer to death. Yeah, they cashed it in. I don't think they cashed anything in. You know, you either go to heaven or hell. So, payable on death, Pod claims that the name signifies that at death, a Christian cashes in. Hence, payable on death. Well, that would blasphemy. Even their name is blasphemous and irreverent. But this is a serious doctrinal error and again indicates a depraved spiritual condition. The Bible clearly teaches the devil is the author and promoter of death, and the Lord Jesus Christ is the author and promoter of life. Hebrews 2.14 says the devil, not the Lord Jesus, is the power of death. For as much, and this is Hebrews 2.14, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself, likewise, meaning Jesus Christ, took part of the same. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Let's go further here. Um, I think I'm running out of time for this part two. I'm going to go ahead and um, actually tell you what, I'm going to go a little bit further and then we can actually change gears here. So I'm just going to finish this out. As Satan glorifies and testifies of death, so does Pod. As we have clearly seen, their Payable on Death album is covered with occult images of death, the fascination Pod has with death is very, very serious spiritual problem. Just as Satan and Pod glorifies and testifies of death, the Lord Jesus glorifies and testifies of life. Hundreds of verses could be given to show the Lord Jesus as the author of life. Whereas Pod is totally obsessed with not only false religion, but death and evil and wickedness and satanic symbols. And, I mean, Rastafarianism. John 1.4, in him, meaning Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. John 5.40, and ye will not come to me that ye might have life. He was, Jesus was saying that to unbelievers. You will not come to me that ye might have life. Uh, John uh, 6.35, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And then he says that again. He says, I am the bread of life in uh, six, John 6, 48. Jesus also said in John 11, verses 25 through 26, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoso liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Jesus also said in um, John 14.6, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So where Pod's obsessed with death and evil and the occult, the, the holy word of God you know, is, uh, is, is, is the exact opposite of what Pod is all about. And I think we've clearly shown that. Now, the next part we're going to get into, which will be our last part, we're going to get into the guy that actually did the artwork for Pod. 
And then we're going to go, I think, beyond pod. We're going to talk a little bit about Earth, Wind, and Fire, and then Point of Grace, that also, that Christian group. So, God bless you, and we'll see you in part three.